if you do not somehow know Michael Ross from the RPG Academy, let us introduce you. Michael, welcome to Tabletop Journeys. What's up, Michael? Thank you. I am super stoked to be here as well. We're going to be playing the game that you wrote, your D12 system, Action 12 Cinema. Two of my biggest loves in this world are bad action movies and role-playing games. So we're going to start off by rolling a bunch of D12s, and it's going to help us determine what type of a movie story we're telling. And we're going to create some NPCs and locations and all that kind of stuff. The concept that I've got is the the generic hacker that, like, think Jeff Goldblum from Independence Day, like, who finds out that alien technology works on Apple Macintosh products. My name is Jagger. My parents were big Rolling Stone fans. Do you have a hacker name you go by, or is that it? Like, you go, Jagger's just like your share name. Everybody calls you Jagger. Oh, so my hacker name, so that actually is my hacker name. And you so you know me as Jagger, and online I'm like J at sign GG3R. I'm going for a kid who got through high school, did okay, not terrible, not bad, not great, joined the military, trained with various folks for various nice jobs for a little while, but then got sidetracked because he's always second guessing his own value and worth. That, by mm-hmm. the way, my Achilles heel. And then has more recently branched out and is working in the business field in the office building where we all meet while I'm trying to put together a career as a stand-up comic. (laughs) Okay. His name is Khalif LeClaire, but he goes by the name Cal. Oh, I'm going to be playing Stan. And Stan is a delivery driver for a pizza place. And he happens to be in the building when this whole thing starts to go down. All right. So at this point, we're pretty much ready to get into the game playing stuff. So the Excellent. game is still being developed. And like, for the most part, it's done. But at the same time, if you have any feedback today, I would love to hear positive feedback makes me feel better. Critical feedback will make the game better. So <laughs> once, as we get into things like at the end, whether it's during this call or maybe after you send me an email, I would love to hear some thoughts from what you think about the game. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So we start with a cold open. So this is a scene where everybody gets a short five or six minute scene that you get to basically just tell us what we see. There's no dice rolling involved. There's no no need to resolve anything. It's just introducing your character to the audience through the movie. Typical things might be, a daily routine. Someone gets up and they go for a jog, they fix themselves a coffee, make a bagel, and then they drive into work. And we end with them coming to the business. It does make sense to maybe having your opening scenes all taking you to this building because we're all going to be there. But again, it can literally be anything you want. It doesn't have to connect to the plot. We don't have to see any elements of the plot. It's just how does your character get introduced to the movie? or to the audience. And usually in movies like this, we're going to see things about your character. So maybe Lee's character is like either fencing or like reading jokes. Stan's probably making pizzas, something like that. It's just some way for our, for the audience to get to know your character. So who has an idea for how they'd like to start their cold open scene? I do. All right, go for it. LeClaire is, wakes up. He's in a small-ish apartment. It's a studio. He gets up. He, um, 
you see him go through his morning routine. He does a shower. He does a shave. Doesn't have any facial hair. His hair is nice and high and tight kind of thing. While he's in the mirror and he's shaving, you can see him almost pantomiming jokes and he kind of chuckles and laughs and he's practicing different facial expressions. And then he waves his hands off. Now, nah, maybe not that. And then you see him make his bed. Now he's dressed. He puts on, he, you see his like casual clothing, jeans, t-shirt and all that. Then he looks and he sighs as he takes out a polo and a button up. And then he says, yeah, first day, new training, puts up the polo, takes out the shirt, finds a tie to match it, puts on some slacks, decides, screw this. And he goes with some comfortable shoes, makes the bed. It's nice, tight. He does the hospital corners and everything, takes a quarter, bounces it off the bed. <laughs> My drill sergeant would be pleased. Yep. No. Uh, then he, he grabs a, a rock star from his fridge. Uh, looks at the two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew, maybe later, gets to the front door, goes, who am I lying to? Goes back, grabs a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew, stuffs them both in a backpack, and heads out the door, catches a cab, takes the L, and uh, you see him sitting at the L, and he's watching people doing goofy things on the train, just uh, being silly, and he's trying to quietly and nonchalantly mimic faces when somebody says, you looking at me? And he goes, Really? That's the line you're going to go with? (laughs) Gets off the train with a little bit of a pickup in his step (laughs) and looks at at this big, huge building. It's downtown. It's near the Chrysler building. It's a big office building, glass front and the whole bit. And he says, yeah, and this is what it all comes down to. Another day at the office. And he walks in the door and he checks in and goes, See LeClaire, I'm the new motivational trainer. I'm supposed to meet with somebody on floor 16. And she says, right this way, sir. And he's ushered into the building. All right, excellent. This just brings up a great point. There is no GM. So if you ever want someone to, because it is very much like a storytelling game, but if you want to have a scene where we're role-playing, someone else just has to tag in. So if we wanted someone to be that receptionist, I don't think we needed one there for that. But if we wanted to, Glenn or Josh, you would just jump in and you're just now the other person in the scene. Excellent. Excellent. Did we uh, we blow all of our movie's budget on actually getting De Niro to say that line on the L? Like for that, that like 15 seconds that cost us like a hundred grand? I'm worried about the location shooting because we're actually in Chicago on the L. Like I thought that all be like B-roll footage and we would just see him like walking like, in the just door. Just like see the L, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or have a mock-up on a studio set somewhere of him sitting in a train car that rocks a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Just B-roll <laughs> footage of the L itself, yeah. Doing this. We didn't have enough budget to afford De Niro in the first place, so it wasn't and even we, a question. We, yeah, yeah. Let's say we got the guy from The Walking Dead who does one of the best De Niro impressions I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. nice. Of course, this is 20 years ago. Yeah, he's still starting out. So that's, yeah. yeah. So we know so, where your character is yeah. and where Cal is. So who would like to go yeah. next and bring their character into the scene? I've got the perfect transition next. As the receptionist walks Cal into the building, they walk by an office with an open door and a Jagger kind of sitting behind a desk. Unlike the uh, the freshly clean and showered Cal, Jagger looks a little rough around the edges. He had the third the overnight shift for IT support. So he's basically, uh, he, he is acting like he's king of the castle. But the uh, the morning shift comes in again, like cleanly shaven. The department manager, the f- freshly pressed tie, a hot cup of coffee in his hand. Jagger looks like he's been up like all night long. There were issues and everything like that they had to attend to. Probably like a 16-hour shift, so he's a little bleary-eyed right now. And as Cal walks by, he hears the office manager say, "Wow, you look tired." And Jagger just kind of gets this look of, "Oh man, could you believe this? The servers were down all frigging night. They have." 
had to reboot them 17 times to go ahead and get them to work. Whatever patches you decided to go ahead and put in during the day yesterday totally messed everything up. I can't believe that you did this to me. I can't believe that uh, that this is what you left me with on my quiet night shift. I like my night shift. My night, That's when I get to go ahead and, you know, I don't have to worry about this stuff, but you made me like, everyone's got to go do one of these on-call shifts once a month. And on my, why do you have to go ahead and do this on my shift? What's going on with that? And, you know, and the office manager says, oh, like that was necessary. We had to go ahead and do the thing. But they're clearly having some sort of a, of a discussion, discourse about, uh, about Jagger's kind of displeasure about how, how the evening when sees Cal walk by and just kind of like waves at him out the door as Cal's walking by. And, but Cal probably knows uh, enough to go ahead and stay out of that scene for the moment. Yeah. Cal nods, looks. Like he was going to say something and then shakes his head. Sorry about your luck. And keep on walking. <laughs> yep. And like probably the, the, the scene cuts just as uh, Jagger's about to go ahead and swear at him. Follow now on to that kind of thing, right? Excellent. All right. So we're cut over to Stan. So again, so this doesn't necessarily have to tie in to anything else, but how does the audience first learn about your character? So we have a cut scene and it flashes back to a little bit earlier in the morning as it, it pans in on this tall and lanky, but fairly muscular college student passed out on a pile of papers with an open book in front of them on molecular chemistry theories. And he lifts his head up a little bit as his alarm starts going off and he's looking around. He's got one piece of paper stuck to the side of his face. And as he peels it off and realizes he's got to start his day, it takes him a minute. But as he moves slowly, a little bit more pep comes into a step and shuts off his alarm, hits the shower, throws a pre-made like greenish colored healthy looking smoothie blender cup that was already in the fridge on top of the blender and starts it doing his morning thing to get ready to go quick mm-hmm. breakfast heads out the Imagine door with a blender cup and like a sports bottle with a straw on it that he tucks in the drink holder on his bike which has a big tray on the back with some bungee cords for carrying stuff because that's what he uses to do to get around the city because i mean in chicago it's not like you need a car so he's got a bike and he's got public transportation and uh, starts pedaling into the city. Pretty good clip, but he doesn't. The first place he heads, though, isn't to school because he's off today. He's got no classes. So he pulls into, I have no idea if they were open then, but I'm going to go with Mission MMA and Fitness as an MMA gem because he's an amateur. He's training for amateur MMA fighting. And he does his morning workout and he's got a guy that he's sparring with. And he's doing okay, but not amazing. It's definitely feeling that all-nighter he pulled studying last night. But as he finishes up his morning routine and his morning workout at the gym and gets some training in, then he's got to head into work. So he pedals his happy little butt over to Tony's Pizza Shack. He's got a big, giant, stylized piece of pepperoni pizza on the top of it and goes inside, clocks in. It's probably about 11 by this point. And the first order that he has for the day, although he does stop to say hi to, to Jessica, is what he knows Tiny as. He doesn't know Tiny's a fairy. In the back, as he goes by, his first order is taking large group of large pile of pizzas, like 10 of them, over for an office party at the building a couple of blocks over where both Val and Jagger are. And so he'll enter this, the building and the scene with everybody else as he arrives with about 10 pizzas for the office. And this being this type of movie, the camera probably lingers on Jessica way too long tipping oh, that sure. there's something important about them, but we don't ever <laughs> see what it is, but clearly they're mm. important or the camera wouldn't have focused on them. Yep. All right. So now we're ready to move into act one. So act one, we decided was our quicksand and we decided that basically that's going to be that the building we're in is going to start to shrink, at least my understanding, and that it's going to be either stopping it 
or needing to get outside of it before it shrinks down either with you in it, like killing you, or you also are being shrunk. Again, you guys tell me what that looks like to you. So at this point, it's going to be almost exactly what you already did. You're just going to tell me what's happening, but at some point you're going to say what your intent is and you're going to roll the dice and we'll see how that affects the story. But you're going to be the one who actually introduces whoever goes first, the, what we see as far as the building starting to shrink, maybe there's other buildings in the distance that are starting to shrink first and people see that you have full reign to describe it. However you want, who would like to go first? I've got something. All right. All right. Cool. So again, Jagger and his manager are having this back and forth. And Jagger's like, all right, you know what? Look, you're here now. My shift is done. It's time for me to go home. The work is done. And the office manager's like, hold on. Before you get out of here, a ticket just came in. I need you to go ahead and swap out one of these PCs. It's up on the fourth floor. Just t- take the IT crash cart. I need, But we need you to go ahead and swap that out. If you just take care of that for me before you get out of here, then you can go ahead and, and do that. It's fine. Jagger's that, that, kind of, that kind of personality where like, he can't leave a task undone done, right? You can't like, you can't like uh, leave it hanging for somebody else. That's, that's fine. If there's a job to be done, he'll take care of it before he gets out of here. And so he, uh, he goes into the, like the locked server closet and grabs a new PC and puts it on the, uh, on the IT cart and starts wheeling it through the, you hear the cart kind of has like the squeaky wheels and he, he goes over to the elevator and he hits the button on the elevator. And of course, everyone's trying to, it's the morning. And so the elevator's busy and he's just, oh, this is, this is, unbelievable. He's got that, that look about him. He's kind of got that air about him. And finally, like the door opens and there are like 13 people in there, not enough room for the, for, for the cart with the PC on it. And so he's like, I just want, I just want to get out of here. So he like pushes the cart over to the side and grabs the, grabs the tower. It's not that heavy, but starts walking up the stairs, starts trudging up the stairs and finally gets up to the fourth floor. And he's trying to like, he's trying to like hold it and open the door like with his foot and everything like that. And he drops the PC in the stairs and it breaks open. And that's when he, as he's kind of like glancing at it, he's noticing that the, uh, that the stairs have separated from the platform that it, that he's like standing on. So like, oh, what's going on here? There are parts of it that are starting to starting to break apart. Like, that's that's weird. That's weird. So he's going to he's going to run into the door and see if he can see if he can find like a facilities guy. He's, so he's trying to see if he can find a facilities guy. I guess there's going to be a charm roll actually. Try, see if he can stop someone at their desk. Like, have you seen George? I, I, I got to find George. There's something going on with the staircase. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I got to find George. So take charm. Let's see and. Let's see. And that's really just to charm it, to, to charm someone to try to, on a Monday morning, trying to go ahead and get them to yeah. to interrupt what they're doing. That's slow um, down. So you start with one always. You're adding in. You said, yeah. is it two for charm? I have one for charm. So you're rolling so two, two dice. That's totally fine for our first roll of the game. All right. And that's an eight and a six. And so that's a neutral, right? So eights count as successes. So that is one okay, cool. success. So okay. whatever you're doing is going to eventually help you get out of here. So it could just be finding someone who maybe has already noticed something is going on. So you're, again, you describe it however you want, but you did yeah, help nope. a little bit. Totally. You know, that's exactly, that's exactly it. In fact, so I, I stop at the desk and said, Brenda, do you know where George is? Like something's going on the stairs. I don't know what's going on. Again, I'm tired. I'm I just, I'm like bothered by this more than anything else. I'm not suspecting anything weird. I'm just ticked off by it. And so, yeah, George is over there. He's, and when I run into George, the facilities guy, like he's also, yeah, something's must've been like an earthquake or something. Cause like the staircase is all, it's happening all over the building. There's all sorts of stuff just like falling around. So George is already aware of what's going on and he seems to already be there and already know what's going on. So okay. that's something's happening. Perfect. All right. So who would like to go next and carry us forward? 
So as Stan is standing at the reception desk on the 16th floor with his pizzas, trying to deliver them, and he's speaking to the young lady. She's trying to speak to the young lady, but she's on the phone. She's got a little office headset on, and she's very focused. She hasn't even really looked up at him like, I'm really focused on what I'm doing. I'm super busy. I don't have time for you. I can tell you're just a pizza delivery guy. That's all of the vibe she's given off. And he's looking a little bit annoyed and just kind of looking around the window, around and out the windows. And um, everything seems like a normal day, except that he he gives the window a second glance because the sunlight's coming through it like completely bright. And it's not normally like that. He's been here before. There's normally a large building on that side that kind of blocks the sun. And he's curious. So he leaves his pizzas on the counter and he walks over and he's looking out the window. And for some reason... The roof of that building that's usually as tall as this building is a full floor down from where he is. And he's looking at it quizzically and he doesn't say anything. He's just trying to figure it out. He's like, what the hell is going on? That makes absolutely no sense. And he's looking around. And as he's looking, the receptionist kind of seems to have noticed that he's got something going on. So the camera pans back to her as she sees that he's doing something. And she's like, wait, something isn't right over there. And her attention starts to draw in that direction a little bit as she realizes something's not right. And then he finally turns back to her and he's like, isn't this building usually taller than that? So I love the aspect of seeing the other building. I think that's perfect. So how is what you are doing here helping? It can just be as much as that you've realized something's wrong and you're like, we need to tell somebody, but there needs to be one element of how we're helping. And my intent is he's going, he's using his brains and his skill scientific process to break down the problem and try to figure out what's going on. There is a problem that something is amiss. All right. And again, that's, that is all we need. So you start with one. You add in your attribute if you have, if it's not a zero, you can use a skill. You can make up a skill. If you want to say geometry or urban planning, something that would help you here is up to you. Then roll that number of dice. Tell me what you get. The first skill I wrote down earlier when I decided he was a microbiologist with scientific process. So I'm just rocking that. So I've got five dice, two for brains, two for scientific process, plus one. Perfect. Okay. I have an 11 and a 12 and a five and a one and a three. All right. So the 11 and the one cancel each other out. They're a wash. The 12 okay. still counts as two successes. So that takes your obstacle from 11 down to a nine. You do have to spend your 12. There's a couple different things you can do with it. One, you can just roll it right now again and add it as an extra die on top of your dice pool. And then we, we would result it as like any other die. Ones are still setbacks. Eights and up are still successes. You can get another 12. So again, theoretically, you could keep doing this until you've got 172 results and we've ended the act. Right. Very unlikely. So what would, oh, the other thing you can do with your 12 is you can keep it and then you can use it on someone else's turn and roll on their turn to show how you're helping, though you can still roll ones then and actually hurt them. But it, so you're, I call it the heroic high five. So you hold on to it till someone else's turn. So what would you like that to do? That sounds like more fun. I'm going to hold on to it. Okay. So you just make sure you remember that you can use it at any point during the rest of the game, but you can only use one at a time. So you may have 10 by the time we get to act three, but you can still use one at a time. And you have to kind of explain how you're helping in that moment before when they roll their dice. We also have to account for the ones. So the one is still a setback, even though it, it neutraled out. So either the skill you used or the attribute you used, you have to stress it. So next to that on the character sheet, you'll see there's a little box that says S and B. So you pick which one you want. Just whatever you use to build the dice pool, you have to pick one thing that is stressed. That doesn't mean anything now, but if you have to stress the same one again, it becomes broken. That's when you check off the B and you cannot use it again until it is healed. And I'll explain that healing happens at the end of the act 
Or if you roll a bunch of D12s, you can heal somebody. Or if somebody drops a one-liner and we all laugh, you count that as a healing. That happens. Makes total sense that it puts stress onto the skill of scientific process because what he's witnessing and trying to figure out shouldn't be scientifically possible according to his level of understanding. Yeah, it's been in his brain a little bit. Perfect. Because he figures out that we're definitely in a bad situation. All right. So we started 12, we're down to nine. So we're already basically a quarter of the way through this act, but this is progressing very much like a movie would. I think we're doing all doing a great job. So Lee, you got the next thing. So I'm on the 14th floor. I'm setting up people starting to come into the, come into the meeting room or the conference room. I'm greeting folks. So there's coffee and breakfast stuff. There's donuts and stuff that, that are laid out. And Similar to what Stan had noticed below is that the skyline has changed in Chicago and the sun is coming in a much different fashion than it used to. So it's a lot brighter. And I've worked in this building often, so I've never had to first thing in the morning, draw the, draw the curtain, draw the shades or what have you. And it's odd, but I'm actually witnessing some of the shrinking and it's not just one building. E- even the Chrysler building is now significantly shorter and it's not happening instantaneously. It's happening a little bit at a time. So I'll be like, as I'm looking, but it seems to be accelerating and it seems to be moving closer to this building. Like I'm watching buildings get smaller and smaller little at a time. And it's not like a building falling down. It's literally the buildings are shrinking. And there are people like, I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing people running out of these buildings. And I'm like, just standing here watching it. Like everybody's waiting for me to start. And I'm totally like not I'm not starting and I'm just kind of like holding my rock star, which, and I'm taking a drink of it. And then I watched one of the first buildings completely shrink out of eyesight from as far away as I am. And I'm looking at people screaming as they're there. There's just basically this big empty hole where the building was. And then I see the next building starts to shrink and it's getting closer. And that's the building right across the street from here. And then I turn and look at everybody. And I'm like, this is not good. We got to get out of here. And so I'm going to try to convince people, persuade them, scare them if need be to get out of this building. Perfect. That's a great way to move this forward. So how do you go ahead and build your dice pool? Obviously I'm charming. So that's one plus two is three. And I'm a motivational speaker, which is another two. So that's my five there. Yep. One, two, three, four, and five. I have one twelve. I have one, one. I have a six, a seven, and a six. Okay, so the one in 12, since the 12 counts as two successes, you still have a net positive. So you still help reduce it down to eight. You do have to stress something that you built the dice pool. So either your attribute or your skill, just mark the little S off. But you are successful. You are helping us. So you can continue to describe a little bit of, are they listening? Do you start getting people to run? Whatever the case may be. I'm getting people moving. They're not running, but they're moving out of the room. And trying to uh, just trying to get people along the way to go along and not everybody is following following suit like i'm getting people to go down i'm telling them take the stairs not the elevators as we already know the stairs are starting to separate from the building that type of thing so the stairs are a bit treacherous who knows how bad the elevators would be in fact as i say don't take the elevator one of the elevators just goes and crashes down. We low. see the numbers do that thing, where it just yeah. goes like <laughs> exactly. Or the digital ones that are like, like yeah. Z- zoom in on it. It's going like 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, <laughs> <laughs> Then there's and a loud boom. And then all of a sudden, the woman who was about to take the elevator, she takes her hand slowly off the bottom <laughs> and she turns for the stairs. <laughs> where you're holding the door for her. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yes. 
<laughs> all right. So we're Ladies. now one third of the way through. We've got eight points left. At this point, it's whoever wants to go. So Lee, you could go again or anyone else. It doesn't have to be as long as everybody gets to go again before we start the cycle over. Who? And again, we're about a third of the way through. So start thinking in your mind, okay, how do we see this act ending? What does it look like to you when this act is actually over? Because we don't want to get there too early because we still got eight points to go. We could roll poorly. We could make things worse. So I think the pacing you guys are doing right now is really solid for the type of movie we're telling. So let's just keep that rolling. Yep. I think that by the time we finish act one, somehow we may have needed to have gotten ourselves together. That would be a good yeah. step next. Yes. Like I'm on the 12th floor because I thought that's where Lee Wanika was, but apparently he's on the 14th floor. Yeah. And Josh is on the fourth floor. I actually thought that Lee Wanika was on the fourth floor also. So my intention was to go up to the same floor where he was. See, we can chalk so, this up to I'm like, everywhere like, to everybody. Duty. But it could be a yeah. continuity error where you're on different floors, but now you're on the same floor and we never address it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I love it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. So Luenica Cal sees me and George starting to look around and we're doing the same thing that you are. We're like, you got to get everybody out of here. What's the, we, we got to get down here. Like, that's the... We don't know what the earthquake or something I, uh, like the building's getting damaged. This is and Jagger go over to one of the fire extinguishers, not the fire extinguishers, but the uh, fire alarms and starts trying to pull it. But it's like, again, like early 2000s, like somehow these things don't always work. Doesn't always kind of work just right. So I, I want to try to see if the handle is stuck or something like that. So I want to try to I'm going to try to brawn it out, which is a zero. But I'm going to also use my fast hacking skill. Like I know how these things work. I can figure out how to make it work so that we start turning on the uh, the fire alarms and start blasting that everybody needs to get out of the building. That is going to give me a three to roll. All right. That's a five, a two and a four, which sounds to me like a net neutral result. Yep. So that's a wash. So you can either take that and then we get to cut scene. And it doesn't necessarily miss like in the yeah. villain's lair, but you could do the, like what the city looks like. Maybe there's a news yeah. report playing, or you could yeah, use your heroic trade and roll again. And I've had a villain cut scene like, like in mine to, to open it up. So you see me trying to struggle with the thing and it's just not like I'm like flipping the handle back and forth and the alarm is just not going off. And I'm like, oh, of course. And then as I'm doing that, the next thing that you see is this flash to a dark sort of shadowy room. You can hear like water like water dripping and weird kind of sounds and everything like that and then just you don't see anybody you just kind of see this like barren landscape and you just hear this like disembodied voice off in the distance and it's just so you tell me we have a mole someone's working against us they must be found so that we can complete what we're here to accomplish so who's our guest voice cast? James Earl Jones? Uh, um, <laughs> um, Ooh, oh, geez, uh, James Bond. I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, oh, Sean Connery. Sean yeah, Connery, yes. War. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's perfect if our, if our, uh, our building shrinking fairies uh, are Scottish. I think that's amazing. So, yes, we must find the mole before so that we can accomplish what we're here for. Excellent. And that's my awful Sean Connery. It's Yes. yes, that was truly terrible, my friend. Truly <laughs> terrible. Truly awful. Truly, yes. yes. All right, who would like to go next? So, Stan, knowing that he's on the same floor that at least one guy that he works no, he works with, ignores the receptionist at this point and just walks over to the door and pushes it open to look into the office and see what's going on and sees people coming in this direction. There's a problem. In the distance down the hallway, he can see Cal at the door to his meeting room directing people come this way and he's looking down there and he waves a little bit what's going on the building's coming down man the building's coming down but that doesn't make any sense the one beside us is disappearing too 
They're all disappearing. We got to get people out of here. I don't know if people survive this or not. We got to get out of here. Elevators are down. We got to get to the stick. Oh. And I, I look and I see the stairs are gone. Like they're too far separated. Uh oh. We're almost into paranoia and we're not even in that act yet. <laughs> well, how the heck do we get out of here then? We can't use the elevators. We can't use the stairs. Starts looking around to the other buildings around us. They're the only thing this tall. And he starts desperately trying to figure out how we could get from this building that's beginning to shrink to the next building over that's not. And the only thing that he sees at all to start on that side of the building is there's a window washing scaffolding unit out there with the little rope pulleys. And he's like, I don't think we can get everybody on it, but that window unit over there might be a, might, might be the best shot. Let's get them on there. We'll lower them down. Okay, so I guess then by brawn, our intent is to try to lower some civilians, some other people, to the ground with a window washing unit. So since his character's here, if you want to leverage that relationship, if you have that established, you can, but you don't have to. My relationship that I directly established was to Jagger as opposed to Cal, okay. so this will yep. just be brawn, and I'll use some endurance and strength from my MMA training. So three. I, I, I will try to help by holding the pizzas. Like I'm not brawny, but I will definitely take the pizzas <laughs> off of your hands in like super comedic fashion too. grab them and open the top box. Like, which is awesome because in a previous scene, I had left the pizzas on the reception desk and didn't have them in my hands. <laughs> yeah. Just now when the camera pans back and I hand the pizzas, you hand them over. You. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Two continuity errors in the first act. I love it. All right. I've got an eight, a 10 and a 10. All right, that's three successes. So, so we're actually I guess over we, halfway through this act now. And we successfully saved some civilians. They make it all, we were quick till we yeah. went down to the ground floor already. But it was, well, you're you know, closer now. You had less, you had, you had that's, really good point. <laughs> that's right. And the ceiling's right. getting closer too, because I don't feel any shorter. Yeah. We're quickly running out of room, but do we have all the civilians? There's still five points to go. It's up to you. If you want to say the civilians are out and the last five is the three of you trying to get out, that's, yeah. again, you have complete yeah. control to make it look like however you want. Right. Yeah. I, I, this I makes think, sense to me. Yeah, I yeah think, We ran that window washing unit for a few trips. That wasn't a quick scene. It took a while. Okay. So we get everybody out except for the three of us. And now the ropes in the window unit are too, so small that they can't be used. Again, I say, I think the air ducts are all we got left. We'll go for the slide. <laughs> yep. Oh, perfect. Yep. Nice. That's right. I, I know where they are because, so George told me where all the entrances are. I know the biggest one is going to be that one over there. And he points like across the floor. All right. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to grab one of the hatchets out of the fire extinguisher thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to run up on the, on the, on the locked door. Cause that's like secured. And I'm going to swing the hatchet, roll it around in my hand as I'm going. And I'm going to come down on the doorknob to break that so we can get into the facilities room so we can get access the air conditioning units. All right. As we're running over there. So I, and I'm adding skills as we go along here, but I just added, I just gave myself a skill of scrounge. And so as we're running around, this is a plus one skill. As we're running around, I see like a big coil of cat five cable, like a hundred yards of cat five cable. And so I'm thinking to myself, we may need to go ahead and tie somebody up. We may need to go ahead and do something. So I like to make a brains and scrounge roll to go ahead and grab that on my way by in, into the air duct. Well, that so Lee is basically the active player right now. So he has yeah. complete control, but you can just say that happens. You don't have to roll for stuff like that. Cool. It just happened. Yeah. All right, cool. Yep. With that roll, that's going to be one plus brawn is one for two. And 
I'm going to say this is part of my tactics and military survival training. So that's going to be three. And I will leverage my relationship with Jaeger to help get this help get this job done. Yeah. So does that give Absolutely. me five? I think that gives me four. Did I do that right? One, two, three, four. That gives me four. Okay. And I have a one, a six, a two, and an eight. Ooh. So you had a one, six, two, and an eight? Okay, so the one and eight cancel each other off. So basically, you have a net wash. Okay. You can use your heroic trait to re-roll, but you have to keep the one. You would just re-roll the two non-successes and hope to get more successes. Or you could use two instances of your heroic trait, and you get to re-roll all of them. So you could re-roll the one and hopefully not count it. Or you can just take it, and we just go with, with it as is. You would also do another sort of villain cut scene or like an exterior scene of what's going on to help fill in the so, story. as Cal gets there right on his heels, even though he was further behind him, but he's very fast. He puts his shoulder into the door too, trying to help get it open and throws out my helper die. All right, well. roll that. We'll see what happens. All right. And so I'm going to definitely use my hero trait to reroll. Eight. Eight. So that's an, so now we're at two or one success total. So I've got a 12 and a 10 and a nine to go along with that original one. Okay. So that's now four successes total. So that believes there's only one left out of the entire 12. So you're going to get us all but the way there. And I think, Glenn, is you, are you the only one that has not technically gone this cycle yet? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. So more than likely, you will be able to actually end it. For, well, actually, hold on. You have a 12. You could reroll that right now. And if you get another success, that would end it. And you would end the act. So what do you want to do with that 12? I just used my 12. No, I meant the no, one no. that Lee just got. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to save mine for a future use. I think okay. that, may be, that may come in handy. All right. So just <laughs> as far as like pacing goes, you basically are going to get us all but out, but then the yeah. next person will go and potentially fail and we're still in here, but the more than likely you're the next to last person to go. So we ended in a place that makes sense for one more person to finish us off. Yeah. So basically I kicked the door open. We have access to the room. I see the air conditioning unit. It's got a little grate on it, which pops off easily. And I say, let's go. We're running out of time. All right. So everybody and jumps in and then we're sliding down the shafts. Because yep. he's listening, Cal jumps right in and he's trying to lead the way through these this maze of air vents tunnels. And it's small and it's cramped. And we're all saying, come out to Cal, it'll be fun with our, little, with our lighters right. lit up while hanging out. But he's smart enough to know we got to find a way down and we're up high. We can't just jump. So we need a ladder or something. So there's got to be a central shaft. And he's trying to figure that out where it would be in the building. So... That's his intent, is to navigate this and find us that downshaft with a maintenance ladder in it that will hopefully right. get us to the ground floor. And I'm going to go with brains. And when I gave myself the skill to get there fast, because I'm a pizza delivery guy, I decided it encompassed a bunch of things like good spatial yep. awareness, route planning, etc. So that'll give me four. And, and working in kind of the infrastructure of the building, I think that you could probably use the plus one from our relationship, Stanley, because like, oh. I know this building in and out. So that can give you your five. Fantastic. Call back over my shoulder. Jagger, which way is IT from here? <laughs> Down. <laughs> Holy cow. I have a seven and eight and three elevens. All right. So, yeah, so definitely you're going to be able to end it. So you basically have control just to end the act however you see the act ending as far as you're all to safety. So we almost don't make it. Started to go the wrong way, had to back up. And let me tell you, the person behind me, which was Cal, could not crawl backwards to save their lives for a hot second. They just could not figure out that coordination. But 
Once we got turned around in the right direction, we did find that central shaft with a solid ladder still bolted in. It did seem to be getting smaller, so it wasn't quite as wide as it once was. And we had a little bit of hand-foot space trouble, but it was still solid enough to hold us. And after an exhaustive climb down a gazillion little steps, with maybe some that last 30 feet as the walls are getting tighter and tighter, and we're almost, because this shaft is already small, right? And the walls are closing in, so we have to do for that last 30 feet to put your hands and feet on the side rails and slide, just trying to keep enough friction to slow yourself down <laughs> and land in basically a just big pile of bodies at the bottom of the shaft. But it's an open enough room down here that we're no longer being crushed. So we can peel ourselves off of each other and be like, holy crap, did that just happen, man? <sighs> As we stagger out the front door and into the street. Like Excellent a triangle building of pizza goes, sauce on my face. Finishes off right as we get out. And becomes this little thing about six inches tall standing in a hole that it used to be. Excellent. All right. So when the act is over, anybody who has healing, you're back to full. So anything stressed or broken, you're fine. And basically everybody gets a chance. You don't have to take it, but it's kind of like the cold open. Everybody gets one turn if they want to kind of set the world or do some more explanation. Maybe this is like the travel, like you're all together, but maybe you're back at the pizza place talking about what happened, or maybe the whole city is shrinking and you're on the way out. It's however you see the story progressing. You can also change or update your relationships. So since like Stanley and Cal had that thing where you worked together, if you want to add a relationship that you now have one, you can do that. It's up to you. Don't have to obviously you have that option. So who would like to do, I call them interstitial scenes. They may have an idea for an interstitial scene before we get into act two. I, I think for sure the three of us would do the heroic pose. So it's like we see the building as it crunches down to the six inch building and then the camera kind of pans around. So it's now like looking from the building, looking up at us and no buildings in our background. Just like we're a little backlit a la J.J. Abrams. We're just all standing heroic looking over the building. Lens flare. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you just kind of look at the other two like that's a uh, that's not supposed to happen. And then it pans out, and the entire skyline of Chicago is now flat, and there's just people wandering. Yeah, we've established that the shrinking does not affect people, just objects. So good to note for the future, though we can always change it and say it's continuity area if we need to. Yeah. Unless somebody didn't get out of the building, then I hope they shrank. Otherwise, there'd be lots of body parts squishing out the little windows. But. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's actually what would happen because it, the building shrank while we were in the uh, shaft and it was shrinking around us. We weren't yeah. getting smaller with it. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Anybody who is trapped inside of these buildings as they shrink, they're gone. Yeah, they A little tiny ambulance drives by. Radio announcer behind you is saying, "And Ozzy Guillen, known for playing his small ball, is featuring on Shortstop this evening." <laughs> I had big plans today. Yeah, that changed. <laughs> that's, that's another line for the poster. They had big plans. <laughs> <sighs> that's payback for the other day when I made you laugh when you came through. That's good. Oh. Mad love for you, Josh. Mad love. Yeah, yeah. Payback. Oh. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast. 
can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water. Thank you.